Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Q&A. I am Tony Defio, and I'm joined by Jeremy Betts. And we're here for an, to bring you another uh, round of quote-unquote expertise. So how are you doing, Jeremy? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, it was a fun day, but it was a busy day. So Father's enjoying, Day. Enjoying being a dad uh, on Father's Day. So. so you said it's your, your second uh, Father's Day? Yeah, my little girl will be two in uh, September. So, oh, okay, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. So she couldn't get you a, a tie then, so you don't have to worry about that for a few more years. Right, not for a few years. Uh, my wife asked me if I wanted one. I said, "No, I got plenty of those. Let's uh, do something else." So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't have any kids, and uh, okay. I never knew my dad. So I, you know, it's a holiday I always forget about, but. It's glad sure. it's great that you're you're able to celebrate that. Uh, yeah. Before we begin tonight, show, I just wanted to ask you a question. I always ask this to people I just you know I'm not that familiar with. I was looking at your uh, your tweet a few months ago when you were at M&T Bank Stadium. That that the uh, what's it called the uh, well the tweet that they leave you leave up. What's that called? The, the pinned tweet. Oh yeah, pinned tweet. Yep. Yeah, yeah. When you're at, at 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 that great ending. Oh man. Um, are you, where are you from? So my dad is from Pittsburgh. He grew up there. Um, okay. and he joined the military. And so I was born overseas in Turkey and we lived up in the Dakotas and Montana, my whole, uh, growing up life. But, uh, now I've settled down in, um, Asheville, North Carolina. And my okay. dad lives on the East coast, uh, with my, with my mom and, um, her parents. So, uh, we're pretty close and that's nice. And, uh, but yeah, so I grew up in the Dakotas, but diehard Steelers fan since, uh, since little, just cause dad was from, from the Berg. So. I thought, so, and so, it, so it, it, who, who was there with you that day? You guys were celebrating the, uh, the Boswell, the Boz, uh, game winning field goal in overtime that clinched a playoff spot or yeah, not so, clinched, but right. the Chargers and Raiders almost screwed it up. But you thought at the this, time that it was, it was a foregone conclusion. Right. I know after Jacksonville had pulled off the unthinkable and, beating the Colts and I was like man this this is it if the Steelers can hold on to this game we're as good as in and then man the Raiders and and Chargers like to take 10 years off my life oh my gosh (laughs) uh but yeah so I was there with my uh mom and dad um and my brother uh Drew and that was his first uh game seeing Ben Roethlisberger play Wow. wow So wow. we had gone to a game in Pittsburgh in 2019 when Roethlisberger was out with an injury. It was the Steelers-Rams game. Mason Ru- Rudolph made a the start, and uh, I think this, the defense, Minka Fitzpatrick scooped up a mm-hmm. fumble, returned it for a touchdown. The defense really right. won the day for us, but uh, my parents surprised us last minute with tickets to go to M&T Bank and see Roethlisberger's final game, and we got – we got excited because it came down to it and we got the win too and ended up clinching a playoff spot. So that was, that was an incredible, incredible moment. Yeah. And it was something you didn't really expect. I don't think anybody expected Jacksonville to, to win that game to beat the Colts. And, and that's like, to me, it's a lesson that I always try to uh, remind people of that you can derive so much satisfaction out of one little moment like that. You know, it's not always about the Super Bowl because if you all, if you just live for the Super Bowl, you're going to be miserable like 99% of the time as a fan. So you have to, right. you have to uh, uh, appreciate those little moments. And I was working that day. 
Okay. I was like going through heck in my new job. Now it's my old job because I don't work there anymore, but it was my new job and I was totally overwhelmed. But my brother called me and said, oh, the Steelers, did you see the Steelers won? I said, no, I didn't see anything because I, I'm working and I'm, I'm totally miserable and I was almost in tears. But oh, that got man. me that got me through the rest of the day. Sure. And and I knew that they were probably going to lose to the Chiefs, even though yeah. I, we all had hope that they would find a way to win. But yeah, that, and then TJ Watt gave us big time hope in the yeah. first quarter there and i was like is, this ain't gonna happen is it and yeah it didn't but uh at least we had we had a ride last year so yeah yeah i mean you know they they were kind of they weren't aesthetically very pleasing last year on offense at all so, and they probably had no business making the playoffs but so for them to make it that was a magical thing and yeah and i don't know how old you are but i'm 50 and i remember that 89 season when they were kind of a bad team and they somehow snuck into the playoffs and took it one step further and ones. And I still remember that 33 years later and I cherish okay. it and I go back and watch it on YouTube. So it's the little moments that, yeah. that we should, we should all appreciate because you're not always going to get a Super Bowl. I've, I've seen three Super Bowls since I started watching them. Super right. Bowl wins. So, yep. you know, sure. So. There you go. Yeah. You're exactly right. You got to enjoy all the moments with, I think we tend to get caught up in Super Bowl or bust that should obviously be the team's mentality, but you got to right. enjoy the the little moments, um, right? The big time players and the and the big time wins and mm-hmm. the comebacks and the little things that separate Roethlisberger from being an Eli Manning type quarterback who mm-hmm. won two Super Bowls to this guy's no doubt a Hall of Famer because he did things so totally different, right? And, you know, you may not some people out there may not think Roethlisberger was the best quarterback ever. And he, he wasn't, but he was one of the most unique ever. And he did it in a way where when he was winning Super Bowls and, and getting to the big game, he was just as big a part of it as anything else. So I, I, I I loved every single moment of these last few years. And that being Roethlisberger's final game was really, really. And for you to be there to see it, that, that had to be so special. And, and, you know, to to illustrate just how special Roethlisberger was. And, and by the way, I think he was a much more disciplined quarterback that people even gave him credit for because they always thought of him as, a you know, the schoolyard quarterback, backyard mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of quarterback who improvised everything. But you don't have the kind of consistency that he did through the majority of his career unless you uh, were prepared and, and disciplined and you know, look at his, his career rating. It was like 90 or 91, whatever it was. That's pretty darn good, you know? So, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and last year, how many, as, as bad as he kind of was, I think we, you know, the writing was on the wall for him last year. How many fourth quarter comebacks, including the one you, that game you were at, did he, did he lead? Oh, that was overtime, but yeah, did he, he lead uh, last year. So even when you're, you're on your last leg as a, as a great uh, superstar, future hall of famer, you can still, uh, uh, find the magic every now and then. So, oh yeah, no doubt. Well, now that we've uh, we've got warmed up, sure. <laughs> it shows about you guys out there and in, in, in the live chat and asking questions, and we're gonna try to answer them. I know Jeremy and and, and Andrew Wilbur, you're on the uh, the Steelers Fix every week, right? What, what day is that on? Uh, it comes out on Tuesdays at noon every uh, week. So. We're, so now, uh, now that you've, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, I was just they were transitioning into a lot of fantasy football stuff. So if uh, uh, if that's your thing, that's the show to listen to. We're 
We're going to break down, I think, um, like an all-potential draft team coming up. Uh, guys that we think will be available based on ADP in each round that uh, have the biggest potential to break out. And if they do, they're going to be superstars. So uh, tune into that show on Tuesday. It's going to be fun. I think I think it's just a guess, Jeremy, but I think you're going to have a lot of people who are interested in that kind of, that sort of thing. I, for some reason, I get the feeling fantasy football is kind of popular. So yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you're <laughs> really? going to find you're going to find a big audience for that. And yeah, speaking absolutely. of uh, speaking of you and Andrew, do you think Andrew he's so thorough with his with his draft cover? Do you oh, think he's man. already under the 2024 prospects? <laughs> he, he's probably already through 2023, right? Yeah, I mean, he probably has uh, every player's name memorized and uh everything going on he's just a a wellspring of information he's an encyclopedia of these guys so i'm sure he's got his eye on some 2024 prospects especially in the big 10 where his uh uh michigan uh boys play so uh he's he's got his eye on all of it i'm sure i don't know how he does it he's in college i don't know how he how he even finds the time to study but he's a he's a wonderkind yeah i thought i was a diehard fanatic knew all the players, knew everything until I met him. And then I'm like, man, I got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, well, you got you guys are, are a great combo. I, I love listening to your podcast and and, and, and reading your work on, on the site. So you guys are good, and, and that show is going to be good. And, and and you guys tune into their show every every week. They have, they're both a wellspring of knowledge. So please <laughs> check that out. Well, hey, and I think we should uh, look at uh, Sherry Richards' comment here uh, in talking about fantasy football and, and – she notes that you you did announce that you were retired from fantasy football. So I'm guessing you won't be tuning into the Steelers fix. I don't know. <laughs> you might, you might, I, your show might uh, might pull me out of that. I don't know. Oh, I, hey, do a turn of Brady in, huh? Yeah, or or Brett Favre. Brett Favre, maybe I'll uh, come back and uh, hey, that's draft right. a bunch of Vikings players. You know, like <laughs> Brett. So you never know. There you go. But yeah, let's. Uh, Let's see what we got in the live chat as far as sure. uh, questions. Yeah, there's. Uh, I brought up the wrong one. I, I here's here it is. Yeah, I retired, but you never know. I, you know, yeah. I, it's like the rappers. They always say they retire. Like Jay Z retired for like nine minutes. Maybe it's gonna be one of those retirements. You never know. <laughs> there you go. Sign a one day deal. Right. Yeah. Get it done. Yeah. That's that. That was actually the uh, right the the, the, the basis of it. yeah. <laughs> cool deal. All right. Let's see. We have Russ Obenstein, Gene Smith. Dave Wallencheck, who wants us to be on, on on his radio show, so you never know. Maybe maybe hey. maybe we can uh, have to ask Brian about that. John, sure. Gene Smith, Brian Brown. All right, ready for some questions, there, Jeremy? I'm ready. Let's bring it on. All right, let's see what the first one is from Shaquille Gregory from Facebook, and they ask if you had to guess, what do you think the Steelers' next big move will will be? whether it's signing somebody or cutting somebody or even maybe an extension. What do you think, Jeremy? Well, um, I would hope that they'd go find themselves a defensive tackle. Uh, there's a lot of good names out there. Um, mm -hmm. Larry Ogunjobi is out there. Uh, and Dominican Sue is out there. Yeah. You got guys like uh, Eddie Goldman from Chicago who's still out there, a good run-stopping player. A young guy still, uh, not even thirty years old, and um, I think you see some of this, these defensive tackles, these uh, interior defenders. They age pretty well, especially mm -hmm. if they're run stopping. At, if run stopping is kind of their 
uh, go-to uh, as far as what they're famous for. So some of these guys, I think even Sheldon Richardson is available. Uh, uh, let me think. Danny uh, – oh, man, I can't think of his last name. Uh, Danny Shelton, that's who I'm thinking oh, okay. of. Okay. Uh, he's still available, a run-stopping guy. Um, I think the Steelers need to find somebody to get out there and replace – that production that Stefan Tuitt brought to the team. And right now they're going to be relying on guys that uh, they were hoping would be more like depth pieces, Montrevious Adams, um, Isaiah Loudermilk, and even rookie DeMarvin Leal, uh, Leal, however you pronounce it. <laughs> we'll uh, find out soon enough. <laughs> right, exactly. We, we got to hear him say it once. Right. But, uh, you know, somebody let those guys develop into those or, or fill in those those role-playing spots as opposed to a, an every down starter. And you take a lot of pressure off those guys and you get a guy in uh, that has starting experience and you know, is going to provide you quality snaps as a starter. And I think you're in better shape already. Defensive tackle is where I would go next. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can certainly see them doing that. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued by the young guys. Obviously I'm, I, I, I like what I saw from Loudermark last year. I don't know how you feel about him. Yeah, as far as his potential, and and of course I'm intrigued by Leal or Leal because I mean he was such yeah. a highly talented uh, prospect going into 2021, and then he kind of dropped off as the season progressed, and yeah, you know, he, and he he was he was around the top 50 all throughout the uh, pre-draft process. So I mean he is an interesting uh, prospect. It's just a matter right. of if, if he can find the right fit. Yeah, and I, I don't necessarily know if it was that he dropped down draft boards or other players rose up draft boards that really affected him. So, uh, you know, the Steelers, you know, at, early in the process, we thought maybe this guy's a back-end round one guy. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at what the, the Steelers hauled in in their first three picks, their first four picks, um, you got a guy who was touted as potentially a top six overall pick uh, this year in Kenny Pickett at 20. Good mm -hmm. value there if you think of it from that perspective uh and then you got george pickens who barring injuries in college probably would have been the first wide receiver off the board in this in this draft class uh in round two the back end of round two yeah uh, you know and then uh demarvin leal a guy that was touted as maybe a back in round one early round two guy in the back end of round three so uh if you're looking at value that the steelers got without moving uh up and down draft boards they they nailed it they did. I, I like. I like the as they say the haul that they got, especially over the first three picks. And and um, I'm more inclined to use this year if I'm the Steelers. Use this year to see what you have with with all the the, the younger linemen and le letting them play with mm -hmm. Hayward and and uh, uh, Alulu. Forgot his name. Yeah. Alulu. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm inclined to do. But I kind of get sure. the feeling since they're always in it to win it, even when maybe other people are questioning them. I kind of get the feeling they're going to go out and, and bring a veteran in. Yeah. But that's just yeah. my gut feeling. I, I, again, if, if I were doing things, obviously I don't, I'm not, I'm not an expert, but if I were running things, I would like to see what they could do, but the younger guys, but, but I get the feeling they're going to go in another direction. All right. Let's see what else we have here. Gary Chandler, who joins us from Facebook also. Whoops. Wrong one. You guys are going pretty fast. I wonder if Kenny Pickett will get a start like Ben did if Mitchell Trubisky gets injured or plays poorly. What do you think about that, Jeremy? Do you think you think uh, Mitch has the inside track of starting? I do. I I uh, have recently kind of swapped my thinking a little bit. I originally, when the Steelers made the pick, I was like, "You don't pick him 
who's in reality a a Mitchell Trubisky clone as far as what was available in the draft class. Uh, athleticism to roll out and make plays outside the pocket <clears throat> can run if called upon to do that. But really, uh, not the biggest arm, but a, mm-hmm. a, a smart player, a guy who can play on the run, which is what Matt Canada is gonna is gonna be pushing in his offense this year. So, you know, I was like, man, you don't take him if you believe in Mitchell Trubisky as a potential starter. But it's really true. I think the a good scenario to kind of look at is the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre situation. I know we're talking about two hall of fame level guys right? Uh, in that conversation, but Rodgers sat on the bench for three years, I believe before yeah. becoming the full-time starter for green Bay after Brett Favre decided to move on. The Steelers could easily do that with Kenny Pickett. I know he's a little older. He's 24 already, but uh, they could easily do that with Kenny Pickett and, and get one, two, good years out of Mitchell Trubisky, let him play out his contract and then see what you got in the rookie at that point. Let him learn for a couple years. And if Tr- Trubisky kind of strikes me as a guy who was in a bad situation in Chicago, they weren't using him correctly as far as his strengths and weaknesses go. Matt Canada's offense fits those strengths and weaknesses a lot better. And so if you, if you see him make strides, quickly then I think Pickett might ride the bench but if there is an injury to Trubisky or he does come out poorly I could see uh Pickett getting starts uh pretty early uh before week the week nine bye easily if the Steelers are struggling on offense and are looking for a kind of a spark to uh to assist a defense that I think will bounce back a little bit more than they or a little bit and be a little bit better than they were last year yeah, I was listening to um, to Jim Miller the other day. Uh, he's a he's a former Steelers quarterback who I think he he lasted like two quarters before Bill Cowher replaced him. But he went on to have a great radio career. He's a he's obviously yeah he knows about Trubisky and the Bears, and he described Trubisky's speed. You mentioned his his running ability as elite, so he's elite level in that regard. And yeah. as you said, that fits perfectly with with what make what Matt Canada likes to do with his offense. So um, I think. It, it, it seems to me like it would it would be Trubisky starts and and he probably plays half the year and then he put pick it in. That seems to be what teams normally do. But I mean, if Trubisky if he finds that magic, the number overall the number two overall pick in twenty seventeen, if he finds that next level to his career, then you have a great problem on your hands. Yeah, because you have a, a, still a relatively young quarterback, and he'll be twenty. What is he? Twenty eight now. So yeah. Yeah, and, and these guys can play for 10 years. So if Trubisky uh, takes it to the next level, he turns out to be Kurt Warner or whatever, and he finds his groove in his late 20s, then you worry about the other stuff later. But right uh, when, you, when you're talking about a young – the thing that's what's so intriguing about this is because when you have a, a – when you draft a quarterback in the first round, I think you want to find out about him as quickly as possible. You want that's to give true. him two or three years to, to, to develop as the starter, not just on the bench, because uh, the sooner you find out about him, the, the quicker you can make a decision financially. You know, you yeah. have to invest a lot in these guys now. Right. And and even 20 million, which is a, the low rate now for a starter, a sure. good starter, you know, once that, once they get uh, close to that, to the end of the rookie deal, you, you got, you have to look with uh, Sam Darnold, what, what the, 
the Jets, they had to make a decision right uh, by year three. So they wound up what they shipped them off to the mm-hmm. Panthers. So, yeah. Uh, and they wound up picking up his, uh, his option, right? Is that correct? Uh, they did. Yeah. They, I think they gave him that second year to try to, yeah. to try to prove that he could do it. And then this is yeah. it if he can't. So, <laughs> right. And I think the one thing, the one thing I think the Steelers have going for them is Trubisky is not going to cost them a lot of money either these first two years. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if he's there, he provides them that, that low cost, good, really good quarterbacking. If that's what ends up happening, then it's not going to be something that the Steelers are like, whoa, let's get, let's get picking in really, really quick here. I think there's more pressure to do that nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> all these first round quarterbacks that we've seen, that have had success very early in their careers. And uh, uh, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, guys like that. But, you know, Josh Allen took time to develop as a player, uh, and it took starting reps for him to get there. Pickett seems a little more pro-ready, I think, if he just learns the offense and and gets to know the system and it takes him a a year or two to really do that, then that's okay. and you don't you can still justify the first round pick because it was the back end of the first round by uh, taking a guy um, later like that who has potential down the road. If your um, placeholder doesn't work out, or if your placeholder is really good, and then you get some trade value out of him after a year or two, um, and you want to ride with the with the young guy that you spent draft capital on. Yeah, I think if both guys uh, can can develop, although. Trubisky's already fairly developed, but sure. if they can take it to another level. And if Pickett proves to be a, a, a great young prospect, then that's that's a great problem to have. So yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be the most intriguing training camp I've seen in 20 years. Yeah. 18 years, I guess. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's speaking gonna be crazy. Of, it's gonna be insane. Especially if it's a speaking of quarterbacks, if it's a three-way battle, which a lot of people don't want because they don't want Mason Rudolph to be part of that right. battle. But if yeah. is it and Brian Brown asks who comes to us from YouTube. Is it true that the Steelers are asking about a fifth round pick for Mason Rudolph? I haven't heard that from anybody official. Have you? Not officially there. It's rumored. I believe it was one of the, it was one of the inside Steeler insiders, Steeler beat guys uh, that mentioned that's what he's hearing inside the building, but um, it hasn't circulated the, the mainstream media. So I think it's more rumor than necessarily accurate, but it did seem to come from a source inside the organization and it would seem to make sense. Uh, I think they got a fifth round pick for Josh Dobbs a couple Mm -hmm. years ago. Um, And uh, Rudolph's probably a little more, a little better than that, but he, you know, his, his tape, uh, he, he looks a little slow to process and, and things like that. But, I mean, if you listen to some of the guys uh, that watch minicamp, he looked like the best guy out there. And I know you're, you're talking, he knows the system. Mm-hmm. He's been there. Uh, this is, he's the most comfortable guy there. That's really all that is to me is that you see that comfort level there, but maybe that parlays it into a, a, a decent preseason showing. And the Steelers seem to be uh, in, more interested in moving on to either Trubisky or Pickett, obviously by the way their offseason went then really giving Mason a, a true shot. And uh, if they, if they can get some quality snaps and quality looks out of Mason in the preseason, uh, a fifth round pick would probably be a decent compensation for 
a backup quarterback um, unless a team loses a, a player due to injury and they're really desperate and they're like, hey, we'll give you a, a fourth for this right. guy. And then uh, I think if you're the Steelers, you jump on that uh, like a duck on June bug, as my granddad would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned he knows the offense. And, and I think that's the intriguing part about him is because he really didn't have much of a chance to run the offense, you know, when the bullets were, were live right. because he always had to come in and sort of spot start. You know, yep. sort of, yeah, so right. this is the first time he's really had a chance to, to prepare to compete for a starting job. Uh, yeah the entire off season. So it's going to be intriguing. I mean, uh, you know, in a weird way, I think it'd be kind of neat if he, if he came out and played head and shoulders above everybody else. Cause it yeah. would give, it would give them, it would give first of all, the fans, the fans would freak out because, sure. yeah. you know, they've already decided to move on from him. But to me, it's all about finding the best guy. That's and, right. Yeah. You take, all, you take whoever's going to fit that role the best and give you the best chance to win. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're paying them or, uh, what they've looked like so far in their career. If they even ha haven't even had a career in Kenny Pickett's case so far in the NFL, you go with the guy who's going to give you a shot to win uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. In week yeah. one. And, that, and that's con the conundrum with a lot of these young quarterbacks is, yeah, you know, unlike any other position, they basically have to sit and learn and, and, and they have to come in and, and be ready. Whereas these other guys, whether it's, you know, you're a backup linebacker or whatever you have, to, you get, you get reps during a game. You yeah. get to play on special teams. You get used right. to, to, to live NFL action during the regular season quarterback. You just sit and you come in. And if you play poorly for a game or two or three, well, then people have already decided you're it's yeah. time to move on. And right. you know, the odds are against Mason Rudolph, but, but I'm, I'm hoping for a, a great three-way race because sure. that would mean that, that whoever they pick is going to be pretty darn good. That's right. All right. Brian Brown says maybe Mason should grow a stash like Landry Jones. I didn't know he did that, but <laughs> me neither. That's funny. Steelers Freak says, and he's a he's a regular. All right. The O-line will determine success, whomever is quarterback. Well, it it's that's true, but uh, I don't know if you I'm sure you agree with this, Jeremy. Yeah. You have three guys, you know, Rud I think even Rudolph's more mobile than Ben was at the end. You have three guys who can who can uh, move around now. So there's even a, if, there's a couple of trees in my front yard that are more mobile than Ben. Right. Last year, so. And he was a great athlete in this day. Yes, so he, absolutely. He, he just got beat absolutely. up. I mean, you know, he took a lot of hard sh shots. The, the officials seem to, you know, allow teams uh, to give teams liberties against him. You know, guys like him and Cam Newton, when you're big yeah. and strong and tough and Josh Allen will find that out soon. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but, but no matter who the, the quarterback is this year, they're going to have more of a chance, even with an average to below average line of at least making some things happen because of their mobility, especially Trubisky and Pickett. Yeah, I think that's key. And I think because you, you've got some mobility back there, it'll keep defenses honest on rollouts, bootlegs and whatnot um, from under center. So it might open up more lanes for Najee Harris too. And hopefully it works in kind of a, a circular pattern where the, uh, passing game, uh, what whether that scheme or actual success in it, um, opens up the running game, and then the running game opens up the passing game because of that. And you take a lot of pressure off the offensive line if those things work. If the offensive line is goes from one of the worst in the league to about average, yeah. uh, this year, then um, I think you've got a, a better quarterback situation this year. No offense to Roethlisberger, but. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and fit from a physical standpoint, I should say from a mental standpoint, got some catching up to do. Obviously Roethlisberger, 18 years in the league, but an average O-line opens up some rushing lanes and uh, doesn't uh, or works their assignments well um, to let the quarterbacks move around in the pocket and outside the pocket. I think you're in better shape. That's good stuff. And, and this, this, you brought up something I wanted to ask you. Um, Najee Harris, what are you expecting from him in his, his second year? I mean, this is, this is his, his offense now in a lot of yeah. ways because you have three relatively unknowns or relative unknowns, a quarterback for the time being anyway. Right. So do you, do you think this is going to be his team this year? Do you think he's going to be, he's going to be able to top what he did last year? You think he's gonna be able to improve upon that? Yes. And I think it's going to be an improvement in efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you consider the fact that his number of carries might go down um, this year, his number of touches overall, because the Steelers recognize that, uh, despite his desire to be on the field all the time, you can't do that and stay healthy all, all through a 17 game season. It's going to be hard to do that. Um, so if his carries were to go down a few, but his efficiency goes up and uh, I think it was at 3.9 yards per carry mm-hmm. this last year, right. just under four. If that goes up 4.5 yards carry, right? You don't need him to take as much of a load because it's more efficient. That's going to open up the, the passing game a lot more like we just talked about. I would expect Najee Harris to be pushing for the league lead in uh, rushing yardage by the end of the year. Volume's going to be there, uh, despite talking about the fact that he might not touch the ball quite as much. The volume is still going to be there. Uh, and if the efficiency improves, then you've got a guy who's looking at a disappointing season in his eyes. I'm sure he'd tell you this if he doesn't get – at least the 1,200 yards that he got last year uh, and maybe more. But the guy's a workhorse. He works hard. He's going to he's gonna be a tough, a tough tackle. He's going to make guys think twice before meeting him head on in the hole. And I think there's going to be a few more holes this year than he had last year. Yeah, I absolutely love the guy. I think uh, he has a chance to be, as far as like an ambassador, the next Jerome Bettis. He has that kind of personality uh he cares about the community he cares about contributing to the community he's a team leader you heard so many things about how he kept things together at alabama he, yes. he, he brought you know when, when there were some tough times both on the field and in society he he brought the team together so i mean i think he's going to be uh yeah. a great a superstar here and and uh especially if kenny pickett is your quarterback in right. 2022 i mean there's a guy you have you can lean on it, you know a workhorse running back like that, who's not afraid to uh, to to carry the ball and and carry carry for tough yards too. So right, one more thing, one more thing is this. Is all, this this is, I, I just love I, I love uh, talking about this stuff. I was listening to uh, Jerry Dulac the other day, okay. and yeah. he predicted that Kendrick Green, who struggled mightily last year at center, but yeah. has been moved to guard, I guess officially now. Oh wow, he yeah, yeah he predicted that. He thinks Green is going to be the starting left guard over Kevin Dotson. Oh. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I guess I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, but it's definitely plausible. Um, I think I think Green's problem last year was was probably that he was kind of thrown into the fire on an offensive line that was really young, and uh, mm-hmm. Trey Turner had lost a step 
from his years as being a defensive or a a decent um, player. So he didn't have any help to either side of him, really. Uh, so right. he's having to call um, call the uh, blocking assignments at the line of a scrimmage. He's having to cater to a quarterback who likes things a certain way in his offense as far as cadence and, and count and, and, and snaps and not under center a lot, you know. And so he's, ha- he's had a lot of things pulling his mind in different directions. And I'm not saying that guard doesn't have a mental process to it as well, but it's not quite as detailed and involved pre-snap. So I think if he can just stop thinking so much and play, uh, the tenacity – and athleticism is undeniable when you mm-hmm. watch him on, on film at Illinois. That's why he was picked by the Steelers in the third round. So if he puts that together and he can just play and not think that I could see it happening, especially if Dotson shows a lackadaisical attitude or uh, what have you uh, going into training camp, I just see Dotson as the physically more intimidating, more punishing uh blocker and i think that that's what this offense needs um from their uh from their uh offensive line so that's what i would go with at this point and there seems to be a a, an issue with uh, dawson as far as like shannon mentions it quite a bit Uh, he's more of a as you said he's more of a a tenacious straight straight ahead road grader type and i guess they're switching more to an athletic kind of zone blocking scheme do you think dawson has the footwork or, or, or the athleticism to, to adapt to that? Or do you think he has to fit just one style? Um, I think he's, I think he's more of a straight line guy. Um, stay in your, in your lane and, and stop the guys that are on that side of the ball. Um, I think it's better for him to be able to focus on something like that, but I don't necessarily agree with the, with the sentiment that he can't get outside uh, that he can't, uh, pull and be athletic and and um, and do what he needs to do from that perspective. Uh, so, given uh, a a chance to get healthy and a chance to um, show what he's capable of, I think he he will fit all those areas uh, very well. And I think the fact that he's going to most likely have two veteran guys um, to his right. Uh, helping him out. Mason Cole, I believe will be the starting center come mm-hmm. week one. And then James Daniels, who's a, a, a pros pro and a young guy, but a, a guy yeah. who knows what he's doing. Um, that's going to help all across the board for these guys. Dotson's going to have uh, a role model uh, in those two guys to, to look up to uh, this year. I think it works out for Dotson. I think he's going to be a good player. Yeah, I'm excited about the line overall. I think, you know, it wasn't going to happen. I've said this many times. It wasn't going to happen in one off season. They weren't going to go from the totally old and washed up line to, you know, four or five new guys in 2021 and have them all uh, perform in sync. You're, you're going to have some growing pains. You're, you're going to have to find out some things, maybe replace some guys and bring new, new blood in. So I'm really right. excited. I think at the very least they could be, average this year which yes. as you said earlier is going to be much better than what we've seen the last two years so, absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. it's going to be it, it should be it should, it should make a world of difference for that offense this is chris Pugh, who is a part of the btsc family and he's he does Chris's. the uh 
Chris Pugh, he does the uh, Steelers half hour power hour. And he says, I want to see the Steelers pick up a backup to take pressure off Harris, David Johnson, maybe. Uh, what do you think about that? I, I know that Mike Tomlin isn't necessarily uh, keen on not running the wheels off of his young running back. Right. So if he does that <laughs> this year, if he, if he, if he um, departs from that philosophy this year, I'd be surprised. What do you think? Uh, well, I think I saw uh, on social media that David Johnson was asked about that. And he said that he would enjoy the opportunity to play for Mike Tomlin uh, and, and play for the Steelers. Um, but every, every player says that, right? They want to go play right. for Mike Tomlin if they can. Right. Uh, I think that on paper, it looks like a fantastic move. For the Steelers, it looks like a fantastic move. Um, but how will David Johnson feel when he gets here and he gets five touches right. a game, five carries a game, maybe even less than that, uh, yeah. five snaps a game even, you know? So uh, that didn't fly with LeGarrette Blunt in uh, – I think it was 2015 or 2016. Uh, 14. Oh, 2014. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, uh, didn't fly there with LeGarrette Blunt. It didn't fly with Melvin Ingram last year uh, nope. playing behind Alex Highsmith. Uh, these veteran guys that have had some success, it's hard for them to take a back seat. I'm not saying David Johnson would struggle with that uh, necessarily, but uh, man, that would, on paper, that would be absolutely incredible for the Steelers to land a guy like David Johnson with his versatile skill set and his experience um, helping a guy like Najee from a, a mental standpoint in the game too, where Najee has all the physical attributes. I think you saw a little bit last year that he started thinking, especially when he was uh, pass blocking and when he was, uh, you know, having to make, make plays um, behind the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was a little harder. So maybe a guy like David Johnson gives you a little bit more experience in that area and, and just a, a wall to bounce questions off of. I'd love the pickup for the Steelers. I'd, I would love for it to work out. Um, but it, it could be something that the Steelers like, I don't know if we're going to dip into these uh, veteran waters again and, and bring in another hostage uh, right, when we right. got volunteers of plenty already. So, yeah, they, they've been burned too many times as, as you mentioned. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, I, I think, you know, Benny Snell is a perfectly fine backup, but David Johnson would be an upgrade over him. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think you be... want to rely on Benny Snell to uh, take over a game if, no. if uh, no. Harris goes out. But I think uh, maybe McFarland takes a step this year, healthy. Right. And uh, his speed is something to to always uh, keep note of. So I would I would love it if if he really took a step forward this year. I think the Steelers would love that too because he could be the lightning to Najee's uh, thunder in a really good way for this offense. Yeah, the speed is undeniable. And we, we've been hearing for three years about how he, he has a history with Matt Canada and from Maryland. So, you know, if he could finally uh, figure things out in year three and, and stop running in place, you know, like yeah. he did, Kobe, <laughs> it would be, it would, it would sure. well because he's, he's certainly a, a fantastic uh, uh, weapon if, if he can develop from the college to the pros. Uh, the thing about David Johnson is you would hope that he's D'Angelo Williams, not like Eric yeah. Plant, but you don't know that until they get here because they all, like, they say all the right things in training camp. And as you say, right now, they, I'd love to play for Mike Tomlin, but yeah. until they're here, until they're sitting on the bench, getting, as you said, three carries a game, if that, you don't know how they're going to react. And, and D'Angelo Williams was a dream. I mean, he was, Oh man, loved him. Yeah, Absolutely. I think he led the league 
or was leading the league in rushing uh, or rushing touchdowns or something like that when uh, Le'Veon Bell came back uh, that 2015 season. I get those years mixed up. <laughs> well, he, uh, but, it was back-to-back years. He, he, he missed yeah. the first couple of years in 2014. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, 2015 right? and 2016. He, he was suspended both yeah. at the beginning of both seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he performed well in uh, Le'Veon Bell's absence uh, in the regular season, too, from injury, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember which year that was again, but uh, still, the guy was was an incredible uh, presence in the locker room. I think he, I think that was part of it. Uh, when he came in, the, the team had no problem blocking for him, taking care of him, just like they did for Bell, because they knew he put in the work and he wasn't complaining. And uh, so, man, that was that was big, big time for the Steelers back then. If they could, if David Johnson could come in and be that for the Steelers, then uh, sign me up every day of the week. Absolutely, yeah. That that run you're talking about, that offensive run that they had, that he had, and the team had, was after Bell was lost with a torn MCL midway through 2015. Right, and they had it was the best Steelers offense I've ever seen. It was like sure. five or six games in a row they were averaging thirty points a game. Yeah, and uh, you know he stepped in, and it was every bit as vital to that offense as Bell was when he was in there. But yeah. then when Bell came back, Williams sat on the bench. You never heard a peep out of him as far as any kind of complaints. Right, but when he when it was time for him to play, he was ready. So that's the dream veteran. But you know, like, like I, I've said before in articles. The, the ego is the last thing to go on, on, on these big time athletes when you're used to being the guy. And yeah, to, it, it's one thing to come in to the league as a backup, right. like Benny Snell and people like that, Robert Spillane. But when you're, when you're the guy for so many years to, right. to go from that to being a backup, it's probably just, it's harder than we ever realized for yeah. these guys. Yep. Absolutely. This one from Steelers freak. Writing about egos, I believe Canada will have a better opportunity because the quarterback will actually listen to him this year. <laughs> None of the quarterbacks have ego leverage on him. That's true. Sure. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. Right, right. Yeah. Trubisky throw uh, 30 touchdown passes this year. That might change. But, no, right, it'll be yeah. because of the system. Uh, you know, that's yeah. that's a difference. And Canada came into a tough sitch with uh, the aging Roethlisberger. I think if Canada gets a uh, – early mid 2010s Roethlisberger that it it's going to be a lot different a bit a much different story than it was uh because Roethlisberger just couldn't move like he uh used to and he also liked a specific style of play right. and uh I think you saw that too with uh Brady in Tampa you know yeah he he was not about this vertical offense that Bruce Arians was uh always um a proponent of even in Pittsburgh and uh, even with Jameis Winston uh, there at quarterback for a while, Brady got in and you saw immediately some of the dynamics change mm-hmm. um, as far as uh, spreading the field, getting these guys uh, on hot routes and quick reads and, and uh, you know, more spread type offenses with uh, less work in the work in the running backs and the running game, setting up the passing game. So uh, it worked for the Bucks. Uh, didn't necessarily work for Matt Canada and the Steelers. Right. Uh, I think you you really saw Ben's age start to show there the last couple of years, especially mm-hmm. second half of, of 2020. First half of 2020, I thought Ben was sharp. I thought he was a genuine yeah. MVP candidate that year, the way he was playing. And, uh, you know, maybe that's uh, an unpopular take, but I thought so. And uh, 
it just kind of fell off a cliff for him. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think Matt Canada is going to be excited to work with a, a young guy who can be molded. Like, like uh, Steelers freak is saying there, it's going to be, mm-hmm. it's going to be unique or it's going to be super neat to see how that works. And I wrote a, an if article, if this happens or if these things happens uh, this year, the Steelers will be, go from contender uh, like just playoff contender to actual, Hey, this, this team could be legit. Uh, and one of those things was that Matt Canada's offense clicks with this young quarterback situation, Najee Harris and all that. If that happens, you've got a, a team that uh, combined with a step up on the defensive mm-hmm. side uh, has some plenty of weapons, plenty mm-hmm. of potential to be uh, a difference making team in the AFC. Oh yeah, there's no question. The 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 skill position players are are, are apparent. I mean, obviously, uh, Pickens. You don't know about him yet. Austin the third. Yeah. They're they're unknowns until until they prove it on the field at the pro level. They're unknowns. But I think Chase Claypool ha- still has a chance to be a, a huge star. I think yes. Deontay Johnson is is. I mean, for what he's accomplished these past three years with the quarterback play and the 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 troubles with the offense, I think it, it he should be getting more credit. Uh, for that, and I think his problems with drops have a lot to do with having to, to, to catch the ball in traffic all the time. Yeah, yeah I think that, that, that has to wear on you as a receiver. Every time right. you catch a ball, there's like three guys there and, and ready to ready to pound you. So yeah. uh, I think you know Pat Fryermuth is going to be a stud. I think he's going to be an yeah. All Pro tight end, and uh, obviously Najee Harris is he's already on his way to being a star. So yep. uh, if they can if they can if you can find a quarterback to mesh with Matt Canada's offense and this line continues to, or continues to improve, actually improves from the last couple years, starts to improve, then yeah, this could be, this could be something special because I think the defense is going to be good, you know, provided they, they continue to get after the passer like they've had the last five or six years. I think this, this defense is going to be pretty darn good again. So. Yeah. And if they can just uh, start holding teams to fewer points, I think that's the biggest part. It's, they don't necessarily have to be number one in terms of yardage or even top five in terms of yardage. But if they are top five in terms of scoring, Mm -hmm. then, then this team looks really good come December. I think, especially with a a middle of the schedule where you could see them if they've, if they figured things out on offense and the defense is playing well, you could see them reeling off uh, five, six, seven wins in a row in the middle of the season uh, kind of bookended by some uh, tougher start and tougher mm-hmm. finish to the season as well. So they can be making a playoff push in the middle of the season. You could be looking at power rankings uh, across the national media in the middle of the season and be like, man, our Steelers are moving up quick. And then, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about, uh, about the possibilities. It's it's a young team uh, across the board. They have a young roster and, and, and obviously, there's a there's a lot to be hopeful for with these uh, at least two of the young quarterbacks anyway. Right. Hopefully all three. So yeah, it's been a fun show, Jeremy. I think yeah, uh, I think we should probably call it a night. Uh, sure. th- thank everybody in the live chat for for your awesome uh, pr- participation and questions and comments. Yeah, and thank you guys. Yeah, and uh, and 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 uh, don't forget to check out Jeremy and, and Andrew Wilbar this Tuesday, right? Uh, that's right this tuesday we're gonna record tomorrow night and uh get it sent out and it'll air on all platforms all uh podcast platforms audio platforms on 
uh, Tuesday at noon Eastern time. So don't forget to check that out. I will check it out on my iHeartRadio uh, hey. app on my on my uh, smart TV. I love hey, I love iHeartRadio. Shameless plug there. Are they paying you for that? No, no. Okay. Wow, that's not, for free. Man, yeah. Tony, well, I love, have free ads here. I love iHeartRadio. I don't know. I just hey, I just love it. So <laughs> and I'll deal. be back with you guys tomorrow on on the Hangover with Brian Anthony Davis and Shannon White. But check out all of our podcasts, both live and audio, and check out the website. Check out Jeremy's work on the website. If you if you feel like it, check out mine. But I can certainly see why you wouldn't want to do that. But oh, either man, way, <laughs> either way, you guys have a great night. And uh, until we see you again, have a great week and go Steelers, everybody. Go Steelers. Take care. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day.